Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I do, uh, the Ambassador of Nonsense is not with me today. Instead, we've got Jason, the Ambassador of Common Nonsense. How you doing, folks? And uh, today we are going to... T- oh, well, okay, so Danny's not here to do his beer of the week. Uh, Jason agreed to go I, ahead and do that. I got a beer. I got a beer of the week. Jason's always got a beer. <laughs> Actually, I I want to set set something straight here. Uh, Eric okay. made some stereotype comments about people who drink these microbrews or fancy beers, as he likes to put them. Uh, I I do enjoy. I'm not a geek. I'm not a. I'm not a. You know. I'm I'm not, I'm you know pretty pretty low on the scale of geekness i guess i guess geekness stands for smart is that what you meant by that no uh no just no i i (laughs) you misunderstood what i said i think but okay uh you just say what you you think you gotta say (laughs) i'm just saying i do enjoy these beers that eric said i was sort of a poser uh in my I guess hobby of drinking these beers and and he comes to my house and I offer him help a Bud Light because that's that's what he likes but that doesn't mean I I don't have in the fridge that I don't tell him about but anyway so today's beer is Dale's Pale Ale and I had to get that uh just because it says Dale on it ah! <laughs> we have a brother-in-law named Dale uh one of the greatest guys alive and uh, I just had to get this beer because, and it's actually pretty good. Dale's Pale Ale uh, by Oscar Blues Brewery. Uh, I don't even know where they're. I don't even locate it. It's actually it's a Mountain Pale Ale, actually Indian Pale Ale. But anyway, that's that's today's beer. So will people be able to find that somewhere? I mean, is I'm that sure like available I've, at Kroger's. And- yeah, I found it at Kroger's. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, I, I assume so. that's what Danny shoots for, because why tell someone about a beer that can only be found in Cincinnati or Indianapolis or whatever? So, well, I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. He finds these obscure stores half of the time. He'll he'll tell me about a beer, and I I'll look for it for weeks and, and never find it. So I I really don't know about his his. Okay, uh, I, I normally get mine from Kroger. He thinks that if it's at Kroger's, then it's available to everyone, but. He doesn't know that Kroger's can localize their uh, stock, you know. Which, which I'm sure, I'm sure ours does. I mean, he's right. he's talked about Rheingeist, uh, which is a you know local brewery in in Cincinnati, Ohio, and they I think they have a wider selection of Rheingeist than they do any other microbrew, you know. So that uh-huh. just makes sense because they're they're local. And things available to us probably are not available to Danny in indianapolis or when he was in michigan so i don't think he realizes someone down in florida or somewhere else right yep i guess what i'll do is put uh i guess i should start putting links to the beer of the week on the uh on the website when we set up the podcast that way at least there's some kind of reference that's a good idea okay i'll try to find dale ale and uh dale's pale ale and I'll put a picture of Dale, probably the greatest guy who ever lived. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so this week uh, we're going to talk about the Marriage Act. And that'll be the last time I use that euphemism. So I know I, these podcasts, you're listening to them and you end one and it automatically goes to the next one. So if someone's 
doesn't want to explain things to their kids or doesn't want to uh, hear all the words involved in the marriage act, uh, you can, here's your warning to go ahead and skip forward or shut it off or whatever, because we're probably going to say it a lot. So um, that's it. This is not for kids. It's NFK. Right, right. Because, I, mean, I, I mean, I plan to get pretty, pretty deep in it as far as, you know, uh, some of the problems in our culture today, there, there's a lot of problems, so uh, we're going to talk about them. So, today, we're talking about sex. And, um, you know, I guess at, at the start of it, we would... Um, because when you talk about sex, you got to talk about marriage. And the two are so tied together, despite the, the, cultural, the cultural intention to separate the two. Um, they sex are, and marriage. Right. You're, they are okay. they they they're tied together and they have to be tied together because that's how God created them and it's not one of those things where you know he created man and woman and then meant for them to do something and then the fall came so we had to have marriage uh clean it up or make it work better that's not what happened marriage from the beginning was part of the plan for man and woman and so i guess you know the, the best place to start with this would be in Matthew when they ask him about divorce and he's they're asking him uh, if uh, they should divorce a wife for any cause. And he says, didn't you read that uh, the one who made them at the beginning made them male and female? For this reason, a man shall leave his mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined, let no man separate. And they said to him, why did Moses command us to give a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her? In other words, Moses allowed divorce in the laws. And he says to them, it was because you were so hard hearted. Um, But from the beginning, it was not so. And I think that's the key to everything. From the beginning, it was not so. Meaning from the beginning... God had a certain intention. God had a design, and when we follow that design, uh, it works better. I mean, I, you know, you you've heard you've heard the comparison before. To you know, if if I make a hammer and I I mean for it to pound nails in, and I, I guess it's possible somebody could use it as a meat tenderizer, but that's not what it's meant for. It's meant to pound nails in, and that's when it's going to work the best is when you use it to pound nails in. And you might also use a wrench to try to pound a nail in, but it's just, it's not going to work as well as a hammer will because that's what it was designed for. And I think the same is true with sexuality. God created man and woman to go together. They were complementary from the start, and a man was meant to be with a woman and stay with that woman until they die, or at least until one of them dies. That was the design. And, you know, that's a lot different from the sex of the animals. And I I don't think we really have to make the case for that. Um, you can't point to what a monkey does and say, see, it's natural to do this. Because we're not monkey, despite the, uh, what, what, uh, they're teaching opinion. in schools. Yeah. <laughs> right. What they're teaching in schools nowadays is just ridiculous. But we're not monkeys. Because monkeys don't do certain things and uh, do do certain things. And so we're just not monkeys. Um, 
Well, we can overcome our desires. I mean, we have reason, with reason, we have... And to follow that reason to where it affects our decision. And the monk, yeah, the monkeys don't do that. So why, when, when Jesus said, it's because you were hard-hearted, what does that mean? Well, the, the fact is, after the fall, we lost, the human race lost this grace. Uh, and I guess at this point, you would call it sanctifying grace is one of the things that the human race lost. And there was no real way for them to gain that back. Um, among other things, there are other graces as well that came with, that come with, uh, going to mass, going to confession and being married in the church. Uh, marriage was not a sacrament then, you know, from the time of the fall to the time of Jesus Christ, there was no sacrament of marriage. So right now in the sacrament of marriage, having sex is actually the, I, I guess you would, you would call it the practice of the sacrament. And it's actually an act that makes you holier when when you do it the way you're supposed to do it. They didn't have that. So I would assume that's what he's talking about. So what was the alternative? So if Moses said marriage is forever, what would have happened? What what would society be like for the Jews? You know, for what what would you mean? What, what would be the alternative? Do they kill the wives instead of divorce? You, you know what I mean? Why? Okay, so if Moses says, uh, yeah, marriage is forever, you cannot get a divorce. Um, I think that if you're talking about a group of people who have no, uh, who do not have the grace it takes to make a marriage work the way it's supposed to work, I would say you would look at, you would probably see a lot of problems. I, I Yeah, murder. I mean, if, if you decide you want another wife, or if your wife is doing something that, you know, isn't good, that might give you reason to, to put her away, then I imagine that could be one of the problems. Right. But how do you, yeah, how no do you say choice. something like that? I mean, it was that way. That's all we know. Huh. Anyway, go on. I, that yeah. was sort of a tangent. I was just, you know, I never curious. even thought of that. I mean, if, yeah, I did, I have never uh, even considered that question. If, if Moses had not said this, but obviously, I, of course, you know, it's not like Moses was infallible, uh, when he made these laws and stuff. And I, right, right. I, I don't know how the church teaches on that. If, if there was definitely, uh, divine, uh, inspiration when he wrote the laws, or if these, this is just him who's a smart guy and is close to God and he's a holy guy and he decides this is what we're going to do. I don't know if there is a teaching on that, but, um, I imagine because of the hardness of their hearts, it might have created certain problems if divorce was not allowed. Um, anyway, he did allow it. And when Jesus comes along, it's, you know, because marriage is given the sacramental nature, um, we're, we're not, we do away with divorce. There, you can't get a divorce anymore. So that's it. But aside from the, Aside from the nature of marriage, it tells us a lot about the nature of sex. And I guess right. between that and and uh, and just human nature and what we see in society today, I, I think you t can tell a lot about sex. And I think there's a huge number of problems in our culture today that could be solved just by following the, the Christian way or the actually specifically the Catholic way of doing things, especially sex. And I guess the 
first one I wanted to talk about is culturally uh, some of the some of the problems that are creeping up and uh, some of the mistakes that people are making right now and and how that's playing out. Um, I think one of probably the one of the ones that always kind of got on my nerves and and never really made any sense to me is that um, that fallacy that that sex is unimportant. Um, I remember there's when uh, there was a hustler billboard here in Cincinnati and it just it had a picture of two girls and it just said it's just sex and I mean just sex as if as if it's not some billion dollar industry that drives so many people you know it's just or sex. as if it's not something that has ruined nations in the past or <laughs> right or any, I, mean, I mean it's ruined i mean to say it's ruined families is a that's nothing it's ruined entire nations in the past it's ruined religions i mean right. think about it that's it's you know yeah it's just how sex. many even you know how many christian religions had that's, a certain that's my way point. of it's, it, yeah yeah, it's caused schisms in the Catholic Church. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, all going uh, back to sex. It, it's I think uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas calls it the uh, how did he phrase this? Uh, I didn't think of this until just now, but he he calls it the the most enjoyable of the passion. This is Thomas Aquinas, who was a monk. I mean, I don't know how he would know that, but because <laughs> he was celibate, but. Uh, he calls it, I think he said, I think his words are the most enjoyable of passion. And he also, he describes something, he calls it folly. And from what I can uh, gather from the text, uh, and this is in the Summa, he's talking about the way a man will maybe think a certain way, and it'll be logical and reasonable. And then, because of his passions, purposely change the way he's thinking to where it's not reasonable anymore. Possibly to to justify certain things, you know. I I mean, is it the it, could could you say the passion itself is what it could, can make something unreasonable seem reasonable? Is that right? Is that what you're yeah, saying? yeah, yeah. And so he and he specifically says lust is chiefly what causes so. You know, you go through your life and you're like, well, um, a man should not sleep around on his wife, just period. That's your belief. And then maybe years later, you've got a wife who, for whatever reason, you're uh, maybe uh, you're just not happy with her for some reason or other. And then there's this woman at the office who you are happy with. And somehow you get yourself to think that it's okay in your case. And I think you know, you do these uh, somersaults, these logical somersaults, and that's how you come to the conclusion that it's okay for you. And that's the folly I think he's talking about. And he says, uh, this comes chiefly through lust above all the other passion. The idea that it's not that big a deal when when it's the driving force in so many things. It's the driving force in most advertising. It's the driving force in, I mean... If I, I've heard, I, I don't know, I, I never checked into this, but I have heard that the first industry to actually make money online was the pornography industry, which isn't too hard to believe. And it's still no, probably I, I don't, one of the biggest I don't biggest know if that's ones. true or not, but I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if if, uh, if that is true. I mean, that's absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I know, I can see what you're saying. I, I don't, 
I mean, is is like hunger a passion? I don't, I don't know. Is hunger a passion? I'm, well, it I, could I can... be to a certain extent, except that that brings us to the next uh, folly, which is that sex is necessary, which right. is kind of it's weird because that contradicts the first uh, fallacy. You want to say, right. um, you know, it's just sex. It's not a big deal. And then in the next sentence, uh, a man has to have sex. You see how they, those two don't go together. But I'll hear people argue those same two points. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. People yeah, need have, sex. Yeah, he has it's, to. It's not a big deal, but you absolutely, you, you can't expect someone not to have it. Like, it's, it's right. a necessity. Yep. Okay. I see what you, yeah. Except no, it's like. These That's what our priests, kids are taught. Yeah. Uh, uh, these priests who are celibate, they're, that's impossible. We know they're not celibate. That's the way our culture thinks right. nowadays. Yep. You, you know, yep. they're, that's not true. And if you, like, if, if you bring up, um, to other men, well, okay, you were in the military. If you were to pose the idea that, no, I do not masturbate, um, you're a liar. And they would all say you're a liar. And, and it's like, there's this general, there's this notion among men that if, if, if you don't, that every man masturbates no matter what. Right. Right. And yeah. And it's not, there isn't anything to be shame about there. You don't have to feel shame for doing it. I, yeah. You're right. right. That's, that's what you're told. And, and from a very early age, I mean, right. Early and early. I mean, yeah, they're teaching uh, it in schools, for heaven's sake. Christians, well, even even uh, you know, parents are talking to their children about it as if don't you don't have to be ashamed of it. You know, just it's right. it's what everybody does. Uh, even even Christians, even some Catholics. I mean, it's well, that, yeah, that, because that is the word masturbate is not in the Bible, so it, you can't call it a sin. And it's like, well, you can first of all, but. Um, it, it's kind of crazy the way culturally this is getting mixed up and and the problems that these two ideas are causing. Uh, first, when we throw around sex as if it's not a big deal, um, it just it destroys a lot of marriages. And when you destroy marriages, you destroy children. Families, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the family, everything is based on the family. And when the family falls apart, which... It does often because of sex. Um, then you've you've got a whole other generation here of people who had been raised without fathers or without mothers who are uh, causing their own little sets of problems. I, I think a lot of the problems were well. I, I think a big part of the drug problem right now is because of that. how so. What do you um, mean? We've got people were not taught some of the very basic of. Uh, get up in the morning, deal with your life, do the things you have to, and, uh, you know, go to work, come home, separate the two. I don't think kids are taught how to be content in life. And I think, I think being taught that generally would come from a father. Right. Because the children see him. He learned it from his father. Right. And I mean, they see this as he, because they see him on the outside. And then they see him on the inside and they generally see like the two different modes of operation. Um, and, and they see that happiness can be there on both ends, even though you have bad days and they learn how to handle bad days. But these are some of the things that just aren't taught anymore. So it's, look, when you've got, 
let's face it, you've got like soccer moms nowadays who would do anything to keep their kids from feeling any discomfort, you know? <laughs> I mean, it, and yeah, they call them helicopter moms. Yeah. Yeah, look at what look what kind of problems it's creating with these kids who right. these snowflake generation where they're unable to deal with any kind of disappointment or bumps in the road and I think I think this is why we have such a big drug problem right now. Well, it's it's a generation of narcissists. Yeah. And and uh a, the drugs themselves are an easy way to escape that I don't know. I don't I don't know what the right term well, is. Well, any but, kind but, of discomfort you know, narcissism. Or- well, well, yeah, they don't understand why they're not being pampered. So at that very second, they can do drugs and they forget about it temporarily. You know, right. It's, I, I, I believe it's still, it's a, it stems back to narcissism. Right. In fact, I, I know a handful, uh, I personally druggies, uh, you know, young people and people my age that, uh, I, even some of our relatives that if you, if you really look at their lives, they're, they're they were pampered not not necessarily pampered might not be the right word but um they they were constantly um what's the it's word like they were not wrong. permitted to uh experience failure and uh discomfort and uh or or they 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 weren't forced to to um to deal with challenges their, yeah yeah deal with challenges yeah exactly and and they they escaped to drugs yeah um but you know i yeah that's that's kind of happening uh with or without the problem that i'm talking about as well um i'm just saying that it generally takes a man to help kids go through that you know i think it a man is better at helping children go through discomfort and failure and success without turning to things like drugs and a big reason that divorce is so bad nowadays is because of the cultural attitude towards sex first of all that it's not a big deal and then secondly that it's absolutely necessary which the two contradict each other but and these are just cultural problems that are coming about but you know in personal uh relationships it gets even worse um you know one of the uh I think another another fallacy that's out there is that sex should always be exciting or should always be as exciting well, yeah. as the day you get married. That that's that's what I was going to say. Just say say for instance, just between a married couple, you know those those who who we say are. If you say it's it's not a big deal, and you also say it's it's necessary, you have to do it. Between a married couple, both of those are sort of okay, right? I, I mean, those neither of those are are problems within a marriage. So now, what you're what you're getting into now that is that could be a prop that that's more of a problem. So go go on. I right. just wanted to say, you know, if yeah. you're married, it's okay if you think sex is not a big deal, and it's okay if you think or or if you're living a married life, you know, properly. Right. It's okay if you think you have to have it or or your man has to have it, but uh, you know. What and I, I guess about in, is a bigger problem in uh, terms of the marriage, uh, you might actually say it's necessary. Well, sometimes, yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I don't think you could say it's unimportant because it still drives a lot. I mean, look, if you're married, then, you know, I don't know of any married men who have not fought with their wives about sex at some point or another. <laughs> you know, it's just I mean, it's a common fight and. 
uh i you know that's a general rule there there's that joke about um that food that uh you can give women that will cause them to never have a sexual appetite again (laughs) wedding cake (laughs) wedding cake (laughs) i mean i had heard that like when i was 15 and i really didn't understand it and then someone brought it up to mind again when i was like 30 and i thought oh yeah yeah, <laughs> I mean that's not a rule well, for everyone, but it is common that a it, that a man common. would have a bigger appetite than a woman. Right. It, it it's common, but at the same time, I'm going to uh, propose that it's also rare that both both you know both male and female in a marriage, both of them um, are are. I, I guess I guess enter into that you know, carnal union with, with the right mindset that the church expects us to, right. to have, you know what I mean? I think that's right. very rare that it's that, becoming that really more and more happens. rare. Yeah. Well, well I guess yeah. it's and been even, rare for even a between long time. Good, well, yeah, that's what I mean. Even between practicing Catholics, I don't, I, I think it's rare for both, both people to really grasp what it is God created here, but you know, right. So, and I mean, see, we're taking for granted that our audience knows certain things and um i don't know maybe we shouldn't but for example contraception uh we know contraception is a sin not just a sin it's a mortal sin um and i right i think most of the people who have downloaded our podcast know that um I would think so, but you, I guess I guess we shouldn't in that a hundred percent. I mean, and frankly, you were talking about uh, major issues in in society, and I believe right. I believe it really all starts with contraception. Frankly, I I believe that's our single most. I don't know. Right. I don't know how to say it. I I think that's the biggest problem in our society, or or at least when our biggest problems started. That that's when it all started. Well, is, you know, is when Christians decided contraception was okay. Before you were talking about the the fact that there are huge religious disruptions, or it actually destroy sex is actually destroying religions, and it you could go right back to that because you've got this giant uh, group of people who are practicing this faith or that faith, and at one time they all thought contraception was a sin, and then all of a sudden, like within a ten year span everybody thinks different and the whole religion shifts. And then once that happened, uh, it kind of opened the door for a lot of other shifts like homosexuality. Yeah. The whole thing just kind of withers. I, I, you know, that's actually, that's a good way of saying it. It, they do wither and and they get, they seem to get worse and worse until another new religion pops up. And I don't know, but that is, you know, that also goes back to one of the major, fallacies in our society is that that sex should somehow be removed from natural consequences you know i mean you you combine that with that it always has to be exciting and then you remove the natural consequences and you've you've got kind of a recipe there for disaster i would i remember reading a book by chesterton who was touching on contraception and he said that when you've got when you've got a society that accepts sex without babies, you're going to end up with a society that accepts babies without sex. And and that's widely accepted nowadays. <laughs> and lo I, and behold. <laughs> I mean, it it started with women, you know, doing things like 
in vitro fertilization, which, by the way, is also a mortal sin. Um, yep. And then it led to single women suddenly deciding they want to have a baby, but they don't want to have a relationship with a man, which is how God designed the whole thing. And then you've got, and now you've got two men or two women who want to have a baby, even though uh, it's physically impossible for them to. And it's it's causing all kinds of problems. It yes, it it's not it's not how it's not how things were designed. And, and you know, people will make arguments like it can work. They'll they'll point to uh they'll point to incidences where where oh look this gay couple raised this this person and and they're doing well financially and morally they're great people you know but regardless it isn't how it was designed and and it's going to fail more often than not um you know you can that <laughs> you can you can point to uh where maybe a monkey uh maybe gets along with a wolf in the woods for for you know one time but more often than not they're going to be fighting each other or eating each yeah, other you know one of them's going to eat the other eventually but right you and, know, and it's just not designed it we're, it's we're not designed for that you know you know one of the when i hear arguments like that i mean look that argument only works for someone who is not catholic and is uh generally not even christian right i mean right. if yeah. if a if an atheist wants to make that argument, then you're you're looking at a whole different uh, set of of principles that you got to point out to show how wrong the argument is. But for a Catholic, look, if you're Catholic, then you accept the fact that we get to heaven by following Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ has certain laws, and one of them is that a ma- uh, a man and a man cannot be married and cannot have sex together. So, um, if you've got a man and a man who are having sex together, look, without passing some kind of judgment on them personally, because we don't know where their soul is or where their brain is or anything else, they are committing mortal sins, and they are bound toward hell. Now, they raise a kid who believes it's okay for that to happen, and who knows where else that kid's going to go off. Maybe he's a nice guy, and maybe he makes money in life. But that doesn't mean he's going to get to heaven. And so right. you... Which is all that matters in reality. Right. And if, if if you're a Catholic, you just can't make that argument. Because the, the that whole family is bound to hell if if they don't... If something doesn't change. But... Um, well, I, I guess going back to what, what you... I guess we're sort of getting off topic a little bit. That's mm-hmm. sort of going down. So go go back to what you were talking about. Uh, we we talked about uh, the fallacies and the third fallacy. Um, you said what was the third one? No, I said well, I had two. Sex should always have excitement in it, and right. then sex should oh, no, be no, removed no, no. from natural consequences. You, well, no, you didn't. You didn't talk about excitement. You you talked okay. about how. You talked how it's no big deal, but it's necessary, and then you started to talk about excitement when I interrupted. Right. Okay. So you've got look. Let's let's follow the order that God meant for man and woman. We start out uh, young, maybe. I mean, we start getting urges when we're what twelve, maybe a little bit younger. They get really strong right. around fifteen, sixteen. Really powerful around then. Um, and that used to be the age that people would get married. Uh, right. Nowadays, we we 
make them wait until they're 18 because a 15-year-old in today's society could not raise a family. So you got to well, wait now. Well, really, generally, society would, would frown upon it if you're younger than 25 nowadays. Yeah, I know. Anyway. It's getting ridiculous. Um, right. So you're... You turn eighteen, <laughs> and they blame young marriage. Uh, they they blame divorce on young marriage. Sorry to interrupt you again, but it it's so stupid. These people say, "Oh well, they always get to it." They don't they don't look at contraception or not following the rules the Catholic Church has put in place. They blame their age, so, yeah. so they got to go older and older so that they don't get divorced. And and most of them still end up getting divorced. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, then you got eighty-year-old people who are finally ready to get married, and it's like, dude. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Look, when you're eighteen years old, and when you're in that range of from eighteen to say early twenties, uh, your body's in tip-top shape, and we got to face certain facts. That's the time at which it's easiest for you to attract a mate. You know, right. I mean, yep. you're you're physically able, both men and women. Uh, you're you're better than you're ever going to look, and you're most motivated too. Right? That, yeah, that, your drive you're, is you're, you're well for men motivated. anyway. Yeah. Right. I, I'm not even going to speak for women because I don't know, but I know for men, you're you're very driven. You know, you want that girl, and so that's when it usually happens, and that's kind of when God meant for it to happen. That's when the drive is there the most. And so you get married. Now, you know, if you're not using contraception, there are going to be periods where you don't have sex. I mean, it, it might be if you're doing natural family planning, it might be um, because she had a baby and she can't have sex for a little while because she just had a baby, you know? So there's going to be these right. periods of, of sexual dryness um if that happens naturally and the man does what he's supposed to do, as in he just kind of deals with it, offers it up, uh, guess what happens? The excitement is there again. It builds. It builds right. back up. It, it, yeah. it gets huge. Because so, you, you do things like, you know, you go through periods where it's like, no, we can't have sex, but you, maybe there's some foreplay and it, 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 it gets to be like a volcano, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like you're a teenager. Mm -hmm. So, but if, if you're practicing birth control, you never go through those periods where you don't have sex. Or at least yep. you don't do it out of necessity. If you do it, it's probably because of a fight or something like that, you know? Or boredom. Or boredom. Yeah. Because, but that's another thing. And, and, is, you, and you get bored quickly in that kind of a, a relationship. Right. And then, uh... But the society's kind of put this expectation on on both the man and the woman that it should be exciting. So you got to do something else, you know. You got to add right. to your sex life something like, um, and, and then you you get into. I mean, I guess some things are not sinful, you know, uh, like like you know, sex toys or whatever. Although I I would I would submit that for a man they don't really. It's not like they make or break it. You know what I mean? They don't. They don't matter that much to a man. No, but I I believe, and uh, this is this is speculation on my part. I, I you know I, this isn't something I've experienced or anything, but just just you know talking to guys and being I, I have I have to be around a lot of guys for work and things. But uh, I I believe that it's the fact that their female is as as excited 
for once you know what i mean for a change right and, and that's where the toy that's where men that's where men enjoy the toys is actually right. getting their female excited again they forgot what it was like when they were 18 because you know for the last 10 years they've been used contraception and they got bored quickly you know? right and it's uh it takes it takes the pressure off men right yep which which is another problem if it takes the pressure off men to be more uh I don't know, aware of his wife's needs where it's like, I can take care of my wife with this toy real quickly. Then I can focus on myself, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's ultimately selfish. Yeah. So a, another thing that happens, okay, a man and a woman get married. They're having sex without contraception, even, even without contraception where you go through these ebbs and flows and there are periods of dryness. Um, I mean, things do become routine. It's part of it's part of marriage life. It's part of every life. You 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 build routines around yourself throughout your whole life, um, and it, you get into a routine for work. You get up in the morning. Uh, you know you have to be at the office by a certain time. You're expected to do certain things, and those things become routine. And then you go home, and maybe dinner's there, or you make dinner, or whatever's going on. And then when you bring children into it, it's even more routine because these kids need schedules and they got to do this every day and you got to do that for them every day. But there's no reason to think that your sex life shouldn't do that. Right. And I think we've built the expectation that it shouldn't. And it's like it's supposed to be uh, exciting all the time. Or if it's not exciting enough, then you need to do something to break the routine. I would submit that, no, you don't. I think if you follow the natural law, if you follow God's law, uh, that will happen. You will get ups and downs without it becoming so routine over a period of, say, 10 years that uh, that you're absolutely bored with it. But Right, right. That's that, And that's hard to... Uh, it isn't as if you have statistics there you can point to to, right. to point that out. You know what I mean? That's, again... That that that's just based on on knowing God has a plan. You know what I mean? No, right. Knowing the genius, knowing the genius of God's creation, I guess. Uh, and I that's guess certainly that that's the way it's going to be if you just if you just trust in in God. And the thing, well, the sad part is that um, someone who uses contraception, um, if you tried to explain that to, uh, they would not get it. And I think that the folly that we were talking about earlier that Thomas Aquinas uh, mentioned. I think, I think the idea of accepting the natural order of sex and how it happens and what the consequences of sex are, it loses its, uh, you don't find that reasonable because of the passion that's involved there. And it's like, what go without sex? No way. Have a baby every time I have sex. No way taking that chance yeah and then maybe sometimes if it's like we can't have a baby right now well then you can not have sex and that idea that's insanity to someone who has already given in to the cultural idea of separating sex from the natural consequence right yeah the temptation for these things mostly come from the outside and i think um i don't see a whole lot of ways to solve some of these problems for example uh pornography i mean you've got to have a solid will 
to not not just pornography, but just th- there's pictures of women everywhere, and sex is on every commercial you look at nowadays. Um, well, and every show is soft porn now. I mean, you can't, yeah, you almost can't watch TV if to avoid it, right? And so the the imagery that is constantly pushed at you causes you to have less excitement for your wife, and the more yeah. you give into it, the less excited by your wife you'll be. And if you uh, if you can find a way to get control of it, as in you don't you don't allow your mind to wander down that lane, it will help you. It'll help you see your wife as the answer to uh, your sexual drive throughout your whole lives. Well, yeah, it'll renew what you thought when you met her, or or if you don't if you don't ever go down that road, you'll never lose it. Right. So I mean. Look, again, we get married when we're young, when our bodies are healthy and we look good. And then let's face it, uh, it just, we, we lose that attract, attractiveness over time. Uh, men do and women do. I think it's harder on women because uh, aside from getting older, they're having babies and it puts a toll on women, you know? And, well, yeah. and in, you know, a society today, it's like, I, I, I'm sure that women feel it's unfair because it's like, all right, I'm I'm here with you. I'm having your baby. And then you're looking at all these pictures of these women and possibly thinking of them certain ways. How can I compete with that? And um, I think if you allow yourself to think about those things too much, if you if you go down that road of looking at pornography and masturbating, or looking at pornography just to help you have relations with your wife, it, it's going to kill the the natural drive that you have, the natural attraction you have for your wife. But that attraction will stay there if you follow God's law, because it, God made us a certain way, and this is what He taught when He says, "From the beginning, it was not so." He he made us so that we form habits, and those habits actually become physical parts of our brain. You know, neural pathways are formed, and you you get used to doing things a certain way so that if you are, say, aroused for some reason, just because you're feeling frisky that day, the outlet for that is always the same thing. And so, and that would be your wife. And so your wife, even though she's much older and has changed, and she's got wrinkles where she used to have smooth skin, um, your brain has learned that this is the object of your affection. And, and you're happy with it. You, right. That's what you want. That's, yeah. That's what you want, If it, given the scenario that that is. That was God's design. It's brilliant. Because if you marry one woman, stay with that one woman, and you're faithful throughout your life, you're always happy with that one woman. Yep. When you turn from that woman, you're you're bringing on you're bringing unhappiness into the marriage, not just for her but for yourself. You're no longer happy with what you have. That's the danger that pornography brings, and that's the danger that these uh, television shows are bringing to marriages. And I, I, you know, other than just don't ever watch TV, I don't see too much way around this. Other than men have to have self control. And have to shut their eyes from that when it's necessary, you know? I mean, you know when you're when you're looking at something, you know whether you find it attractive. And if, if you find it attractive that way, 
you've got to look away or distract yourself for a minute, for a couple seconds, until that's over, and then you can go back to do, doing what you're doing. Well, you got to do that, and, and my gosh, protect your children from it. That's, oh, yeah. That's, that's the hard part. That's that's what that's what today's parents are faced with, and unfortunately, not a whole lot of parents even care. But the ones who do care are they're faced with such such a battle. I yeah, mean, and gosh, and to... you feel like it's a losing battle. You know, you you feel yeah. powerless between cell phones and TV and internet. I mean, my gosh, it's just everywhere. But I I just I I'm like a broken record. I pound it into their head. You you know. My my biggest message to them, the boys and the girls, is you can't unlearn this stuff. You can't undo the damage this stuff does. So just stay away from. It. Just do whatever you can to stay away from. I mean, like I'm like a, I I just pounded into. It. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean that is a big thing. I mean if I mean when you're 20 years old, sometimes you think about things that happen. I still think about things that I've seen when I was a teenager, and I'm 40 something. You know. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes the re- the memory remains strong. Sometimes it gets weaker and you forget. But you're right. Once it's in your brain, it's in your brain, and you can't. And, and, and going back to your your devil uh, podcasts, they he knows what to do with it. <laughs> right. I mean, if if the devil can call up too. images, then it's that's always going to be source of temptation for you. Now, if you had never seen it, it would never be a source of temptation. The images of other women is a threat to every marriage. And I think it's one that men have to take seriously. Um, you know, another, some that a lot of people don't like to talk about because, and I, I think this stems from the fact that more often than not, if, if there's a lack of sex, it's because the women, woman is, uh, not wanting to do it. And so, People will avoid the fact that the Bible does say that you should have sex. Right. It is part of the marriage. I mean, right. Um, I, I think I, I can't even remember where it is. There, there's a, there is a time where you should refrain for a while, but then it specifies always come back together again. But you know, I, I guess you get into into tricky situations. For example, a man is not following the law. He's not doing what he's supposed to do. Maybe he's looking at pornography or he is uh, he insists on wearing a condom because he doesn't want to have baby. Now, what's a woman supposed to do? She is not obligated to not have sex with. Him. And then the question comes up, can she not have sex with them? Here's where society. Sure. Well, I'm trying to think of a way to say this because it's not a popular idea. Um, the fact that a woman does. We've gotten a. It used to be that a women women thought sex is one of their duties. They have oh, to okay. fulfill mean, their husbands. You mean basically, that that they have to, uh, you know, I, I guess put out. Like you're, you're talking about, like Ephesians, like 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 basically. Well, kind of. They have to subside. They ha- they have to be obedient submit, to their husbands. Yeah. Is that what submit submit to their husbands? What, what Paul said. Yeah. 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 Well, kind of in a sense, but I mean, if. if if you're talking about submission in the bedroom, um, I mean, if you're if you're saying to your wife you have to submit and have sex with me, then I would say you've got other problems. Who the who the heck would want that kind of sex anyway? You know what I mean? Well, there's some weird people out there. But I guess yeah, so, but yeah. fine, I'll spread my legs. But it's like, 
how is that, how would any man enjoy that to where he knows that the woman is not enjoying it? Why would, why would that even come into question? But when you've got a situation where a woman has said, I'm not going to have sex until you do X, Y, or Z, I think that could be a huge problem. And, and I guess you could, you could say it's out of submission that she should. I would just say right, that right. him looking at pornography is destroying the natural, uh, the natural attraction order, that he feels order. for her. Right. There's right. an order to this, and looking at pornography destroys that. Withholding sex also destroys it. Right. And yep. that kind of a sin would be just as serious as looking at pornography. In other words, it's, it is a mortal sin. And I don't, I don't mean those cases where it's like, come on, I got a headache. Or when you got a guy who, who expects it every night, whereas I think, I think the national average is two or three times a week. But, you know, you got a woman who maybe wants it once a week and a guy who wants it every night. Obviously, you got to come to some kind of, but when a woman has decided, or a man has decided, we're not going to do it anymore. Um, that is a, a mortal sin. Yeah. Uh, unless both people agree, we're not, we're not going to have sex anymore. But I mean, if a, look, if a man and a woman has decided we're going to be, live as brother and sister for the rest of our lives, that's fine. But if they've decided we're going to do it for a year, I would say that's dangerous to the marriage for the reasons I just pointed out. For the reason, the same right. reason a man shouldn't look at pornography. Because, um, well, I, then again, I mean, I guess you could still keep that flame alive with like foreplay and stuff like that. But, you're not doing that if you're living as a uh, brother and sister, you know, but um, right, right. it's dangerous to the marriage and it ruins the marriage or at least the romantic aspect of the marriage by not having sex. And for that reason, again, the word submission is that's the wrong word there because it's like men don't really want their wives to submit to them. And the, that's that would be weird. But uh, at the same token, to say no, I'm not going to give you this anymore. That would, and it would be part of that sin where a woman has to submit to her husband. And that is in the Bible. I'm sorry, it's there. I mean, I've heard people dance around it, but it's still there. Right. Um, I think that's all I've got on the subject. I guess. Yeah, that that subject can branch into so many different directions that's that's yeah. not an easy topic to cover <laughs> we could do that every i mean we could talk about that we could cover the topic every podcast for a whole year and not run out of things to say about it and i not, just wanted right, to address right. some of the cultural uh lies that are out there that are affecting catholic marriages well i think to sum it up catholics all i mean just the very basics no you can't use contraception regardless of how scary or hard it is you can't use contraception stay away from pornography you know the just just a few basic things can make can make marriages such a you know so much better right and uh and pray you know, together my gosh there is one there is one thing, okay, when uh, I ran a website where uh, I had a little uh, FAQ about sex and people would often write questions because they would find that on the website and then ask me. And the most, the, the question that, even though it was already addressed in the FAQ, they would still ask this question. Um, 
two of them actually. Number one, if you can die by getting pregnant, is contraception okay? And the answer is no. Um, I mean, if the pregnant, although I think, I don't know if there are too many conditions that exist that a woman would die if she got pregnant. But they, they, they told my wife there's a very, very good chance of, of tubular pregnant if she were, if she were to get pregnant. They told her, they told her there's only a 5% chance that she can get pregnant and there's a 95% chance of that being a tubular pregnant. Well, you ran those or odds some, out. Something. <laughs> yep. How five many? kids later. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's so they, they more, they, they had her scared to death, you know, at one point. Uh, yeah. Although she's not someone to get very scared of things, but right. You know, that's, that is so, so they're, they will tell women like, Hey, you need, you, you should get your tubes tied or whatever, because there's a good chance you're, you're going to have a tubular pregnancy and die if, if you get pregnant. Right. You know I mean, they will tell women. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, they tell women a lot of things like, uh, our, our brother has a set of twins. His wife was told, uh, one twin is going to kill the other. So you may as well abort one now, or one of them's going right. to die or they'll both kill you. And she didn't do yeah. any of that. And they, she's got two boys and they're fine. You know, right. I, I mean, yeah. you hear those stories all the time. It's, it's incredible that doctors, I, I don't want to say I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pass judgment and say you're using scare tactics, but if I think it's probably more of a, uh, uh, a CYA type, yeah, thing, you know what I mean. I, th- I, I, I think it's, hey, I've seen someone with this condition, and here's what happened. Or there's, you know what I mean. I, I, right. I think it's more of just covering their basis. I, I you know, I don't, yeah, I agree right. with you. I'm not going to judge the doctor for saying it, but they do, they do seem to say it an awful lot. Yeah. The other question is, um, you know, my, uh. My periods are too frequent or too bloody, and I'm taking medicine to uh, stop the periods. Can I still have sex? The answer is yes. Birth control medicine. Right. Birth control medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Which are also abortifacient. A lot of them. But the answer is yes, you could still have sex. Uh, Because it's, you're not, you're not intentionally frustrating the natural process of, uh, well, no, that's, that, that isn't the, the end. You know what I mean? That, right. That's your. That's not why you're doing. That. You're not no. trying to keep conception from happening. You're just trying to regulate your body, and maybe that's a side effect. Um, right. So th- those are the two questions. I mean, it, it was like I would get one every day. One of those two questions. Same. Same, same two questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they were both addressed in the fact, but uh, you know, I thought that seems to be well, an important. Some people one probably see two or about. three. Right. Well, then they go to confession and the priest says, no, it's all right. You know, I mean, that's that's the worst part is you have so many priests out there who are not who are not. I I don't want to say they're there's I don't want to say they're intentionally giving wrong information, but they're they're poorly. (laughs) They're poorly. You know, yeah, I've had a priest tell me it's okay to use contraception. You yeah, know, like, hey, you did your part. You have some kids. It's okay to use contraception now. Like, I've had a priest tell me that, a Catholic priest. Yeah, I got so. uh We were going to a counselor who was supposed to be a Catholic counselor, and he's saying, uh, you know, he's bringing up contraception. I'm like, well, you know, you're Catholic. You shouldn't be. But you also know that I'm Catholic. 
Well, the church allows. No, the church doesn't allow. Kept going about, on about. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, they, the, the church then, allows. <laughs> and and then he he said the church says follow your conscience, and I'm like, well, finally, the only way I got him to shut up about it is said. Well, if I follow my conscience, I wouldn't do it because I follow the church teaching and that's where my conscience is. <laughs> He's like, oh, all right, all right. But the, it, it's incredible the the Catholic uh, identity that has withered and died in our culture today. It's sad. Yeah. Because everybody knew that it Catholics started had with... big families at one time, you know? That was a Catholic thing. Catholics have big families. Now Muslims have big families, not Catholic. Yep. Or... Or welfare recipients. Started with contraception. Yeah. It's, I believe that that was the beginning of our demise right there. Yeah. Wide, widespread contraception. Well, um, I think that unless you have any questions or no, things you no, think we I should think, say. I think, that's, I think that's good for now. We can, okay. Uh, I, I think this is a topic you'll revisit in many ways over, yeah. you know, over the years. But, and and yeah, it has. I think that's a good... I mean, it creeps up in the other podcasts, especially, you know, we're doing, uh, it's like the subject of abortion, which creeps up almost every right. single podcast because it's such a terrible thing. And it's, it's one of those, it's in your life, it's in everyone's life, and you got to address them. Uh, yeah. No, I think, I think that's a good, good overview. All right. Uh, current events. Uh, I've got a few things. Got, so, I, I was sent a you know, couple things from the land of nonsense. Okay, so you're going to go over nonsense when you're, stuff. When you're done. Okay, I'll go over a couple of. Them. All right. Uh, you know, I do want to mention something about current events. See, there are a lot of things happening in the church right now that I don't go over in current events. Like, like the, the I guess the bishops just got a letter from a group of theologians pointing out I think seven different ways that. Uh, that Pope Francis is teaching heresy. And, I mean, these things are big deals for Catholics. But this is, it's not the kind of podcast that, I know that it's there, and I sometimes mention these things, but I don't really put them in current events because the point of this podcast was what is the Catholic understanding of of all the things that we all go through every day what is the catholic understanding of the normal parts of life and of the world so the current events i i generally just do the worldly catholic or uh, current events i don't really get into right. stuff about the church there's a whole lot of crap going on in the church right now that i probably should discuss but uh, i don't have the energy to even well, think about it it's it's so well, discouraging yeah, that's it, it's discouraging and it, and it can even be scary sometimes, but that's the beautiful part of Catholicism. You don't really have to worry about. It. We don't have to worry. I mean, things can get rocky, yeah. But we have our te- we have we have the truth. We ha- we we have Jesus Christ. We have the truth, and that's all that matters. And while uh, you'll get goofy popes here and there, you know, and and I guess I guess it can get. I guess when you have a a heretic, that that can get a little scary, especially. Yeah, uh, you know when he when he starts getting to the point where he's talking about teachings, but at, at the same time, again, I, I feel like it's I feel like you can feel comfort in the in having having faith that the Holy Spirit will prevail. Yeah, you know, Jesus really... Jesus did promise that he would protect us from error in the church, or at least that's right. our understanding of his words. So we have to right. just take comfort in that, but we should at least pay attention to it. 
And again, I'm not going to get into all this stuff because I just can't stand to talk about it. But uh, one of the podcast, I'm going to link to it. I've linked to it before once, uh, and I'm going to link to it again. Uh, I think the guy's name is Taylor Marshall. Uh, he's got a pretty oh, yeah. good podcast. Oh, yeah. He covers all this stuff in depth, and uh, it's just that's not what kind of podcast this is, and that's why I don't talk about it in current events. Uh, yeah, yeah, let them talk about it. Instead, I'm going to talk about the United Nations Global Assessment Report on Biodiversity and Ecosystem Services has decided to report that due to human activity, the Earth's biodiversity has suffered a catastrophic decline that is unprecedented in human history. You know, unprecedented in human history. I, I'm not sure what they're talking about, but are they talking about like within the past 10 years or within the past 200 years? I don't know. So what you're saying is the bio biodiversity is suffering? Is that, is that's the... Yeah. So I, I take that to mean like the number of species. Is that how they... Is I that guess. How they, or, or the like. So is the amount of the different numbers of species. See, I, I don't okay. know what they're talking about because you know you look at when we came to America, um, the white man came to America. There were buffalo everywhere, and they're pretty much gone now. Yeah. Which, Except I mean, that you're talking stand. about biodiversity there. That's a huge one. But it's. I'm not going to say it's a good thing what we did. I don't think we should have killed all the buffalo. Although, I mean. We happened to save some, and we got them going again in certain areas, and that's great. I think it yeah. would be better if we had more of them. And I don't certainly don't think we should have hunted them down the way we did. But is is, is the the natural is America's ecosystem that bad off now? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, right. So right. what? So we don't have. Let's say we did lose the buffalo. So what? Right, it, it'd be a tra- it'd be a tragedy, but we could lose some cows in Yellowstone and let the wolves hunt them. Yeah, right. no, I, I see what you're saying. It's I I still I still don't know what they mean that it's suffering. What does that mean that biodiversity suffered? Suffered <laughs> like, a catastrophic, how, catastrophic. I mean, I, yeah, like how how do they measure that? What do they want exactly? What do they? You know, that's a the left is always doing that. They pump these problems. <laughs> Half the problems are made up, but they never say this is how to fix it. Or if they do say this is how, it's ridiculous things that can't be done. I, all right, from here on in, uh, no more having babies. It's like, well, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> that's that's what we'll be faced with. That's and I, I bet a hundred. I, I bet my right arm that. That's what this doc. I didn't read the document because I'm not going to read garbage like this. But I'll bet that's what it points to: is we need to have less babies. We need o- to have less people. Yeah, it's always overpopulation. But uh, uh, who who is it on Fox News? Walter? I don't know. One of the guys on Fox News. He he went through all the past uh, liberal warnings. You know. Yeah. They, when they warned, they warned, you know, back in the 60s or 70s, they warned the earth was cooling and it was going to be another ice age by by the year two, uh, 1980. And then they, they you know, it, it was funny. He had the headlines and, and they were all laid out. And no, every, that was... Every 10 to 15 years it changes. Well, I don't know if anyone on Fox News did it, but that was a YouTuber who's uh, 
pretty good. You know what? I'm going to link to that also on the website. Man, well, man, I, I don't mean, know what you're talking about, but this was Fox's. Yeah, this you was do, Fox's, because you got a video the, uh, sent to you. Or at least uh, our sister sent you a video. Oh, of is that. that one of the ones that she sent? I'm I'm about four behind. Oh, okay. I am not. There's, I'm about four behind. Well, so let's I'll, not tell her that. She'll get that. pissed. Yeah, don't, okay. don't, yeah, don't tell her that. But I'm four behind on her videos. But no, this was Fox. I'm certain. Okay, this was like the the five or whatever. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's crazy the number of the claims that they made and how wrong they've been over and over and over again. <laughs> and people still Every listen to them. Time. I mean, the yep. millennials take these people as gospel. Oh, it's, it's insane. So, did you um, uh, see? Tiger Woods get the uh, Medal of Freedom yeah. from Trump. Yeah. I thought it was good. Trump. Yeah. The left is yeah, yeah very that, angry. That was pretty cool. How come? I I don't know. Oh well, because because Trump because and Tiger Woods it? were friends. Yeah, they don't think he okay. should. Yeah. Think, so now so now Tiger Woods is nothing but a racist, uh, bigot, loser. Well, I guess they would call him an Uncle Tom it. or something. Okay. Okay. Oh, because he's black. Uh, yeah. 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 And then they're also saying that this was all just a, a, this was all stupid because Donald Trump and Tiger Woods were friends before he was even president. So, um, oh, so it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, as if right. he didn't overcome <laughs> uh, what ten years of surgeries and uh, had some, you know, drug addiction problems and some other things going on, and he didn't overcome that and make a comeback. Right. You know. Right. He's. I mean, he's he's remarkable. He's one of the best athletes that ever played the game and he and who knows he's not done he may end up being the best athlete i mean he's among the top five in in history (laughs) see i think oh no it's just it's just because trump like because they were friends being yeah i see i i think we've mentioned on the podcast before i don't pay attention to golf danny doesn't pay attention to golf jason pays a little bit more attention to golf than we do so it probably means him more to him than me but uh yeah I mean, don't get me wrong. I, it was exciting, but I, I don't. I'm not like I don't sit and watch golf. I, I, I have heard that some if, people were if I'm in not tears doing anything else. when he oh, yeah. won that yeah, yeah. Uh, that thing a couple weeks ago. I don't even know what it's called. What he win? The Masters. Yeah, yeah. when he won that, like people were crying over that. Who are sports <laughs> fans and stuff, but. Uh, yeah, the left is mad that he accepted. So I don't know. I had tickets are stupid. to the Masters. Did you? Did you go? I had tickets. Yeah. No, I I didn't know what it was. Like I was I was oh, living in Gordon. To the Masters. You know. Yeah. I was. <laughs> uh, I don't. I did something good for for somebody in the army. You know. I did. I was a. It was a. It was a. An Gordon. award. You know. It's like hey. Is this during Fort like Gordon. basic. Or? No, this is after basic, but it was during that advanced training and. Uh, they, I don't, I don't even remember what I did, but I got free tickets, and I was like, I don't want these. Anybody want these? <laughs> Everybody's like, Yeah, I'll go. <laughs> I wish I would have. Now I didn't know. Jeez, yeah, tickets to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a Seinfeld episode where he's trying to get rid of tickets to the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. We got enough. So we got a group of environmentalists. They're filing lawsuits against uh, the U.S. Forest Service because they're um, they're opening tracts of land in the Tongass National Forest to logging, and they're saying that they don't know what the impact is going to be, so they shouldn't do it. But I don't know. You know, there's a bunch of wood there. 
that can be regrown and somebody wants to cut it down and use it and uh i tell you what if they want to know where to log they need to do it in california <laughs> they need to it's it's funny you're talking about that they need to manage those forests in california and log some of it to cut down on these wildfires liberals won't have it no it, it, it has to be exactly as if man never lived on earth as if as if we're not part of uh well, the earth and if and if and if that were true like if we're, they really believed that then they would let us burn it down even more because natural fires would have happened many many times over if it wasn't for man they are putting them out right you know that it, you know, if you truly want to get out of the way, then you need to let that thing burn sometimes. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Uh, or log it. That's an alternative. Yeah. So have you heard about Michael Behenna? I think that's how to pronounce no. it. Behenna. American soldier convicted of killing an Iraqi prisoner in 2008. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's, yeah, he was just, uh, pardon. Didn't Trump just part? Was it yeah. a pardon? I don't think it's part. Is it yeah. a pardon? It says pardon. Pardoned by President cool. Trump. Good. I, I couldn't remember. I, yes, I know who you're talking about. I remember. I remember the story. I was disgusted by it. I, re, I remember the story. Jason was uh, in Iraq. He, yeah, but I mean, I didn't. But you didn't kill he, any he, prisoners, did he you? He was no. I didn't kill any prisoners. But he was. He wasn't he interrogating him or something, and then and then supposedly the prisoner attacked him. Right? Is that the story? Or I do don't even know? know the story. Does it say anything about? That? I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So he was interrogating this prisoner. Um, I, I guess, I guess trying to get information about IEDs or, or another attack or whatever. And, and basically he had this prisoner and, and don't, I mean, don't go, you have to do, you, you don't want to go into detail, but you had to do things that were uncomfortable for the prisoner if you're trying to yeah. get information. So he had like this prisoner naked and like roped up or something like that. And then the prisoner somehow got the better of him and turned on him and he had to end up killing him. Really? And that's where. And that's, that's why he yeah. had to go to jail? And that's why he had to go to jail. That's yeah. insane. That's I know, I know, and I and I don't know every detail. I wasn't there, but still, it's we. It, it makes me war. sick. We train these guys. Yeah, we train these guys to go over and fight a war and kill people, and then we put them in prison for killing people. It, it just it makes me. Uh, anyway. So he's he's free. Donald Trump invited him to dinner. Good. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, we got okay. Did you? There was a shooting in Douglas County, Colorado. Uh, apparently two suspects are in custody. Um, it was a school shooting. And they were having some kind of vigil for the, let's see, how many people were killed. Uh, one person killed, only one person killed, eight people injured. And they were having some kind of vigil for the boy who was killed. And, uh, I guess people got up there and tried to do their political thing with the Second Amendment. And a bunch of students walked out on it huh. over the politicization of oh, it. Oh, over the over them politicizing. Yeah. It. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So that was good. Um, yeah. Both uh, Attorney General William Barr and Donald Trump Jr. were both uh, subpoenaed. And let's see, William Barr was held in contempt by by the United States House Committee on the Judiciary. Right. Uh, they're going to have a full House vote, uh, I guess, soon enough to see if he's held in contempt, which I don't think, I don't know if that even matters. And now they're trying to uh, subpoena Donald Trump Jr. And I believe Trump is uh, using executive 
privilege and saying, no, he doesn't have to go. It's stupid. It's over. Guys, let it go. The whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I, and you get you get tired of hearing about it. Right. And, and they're not going to stop. And it's like, look, you lost the election. I understand fighting policy. You know? I mean, their constituents right. voted them in to try to do certain things. And I can understand doing certain things. But they're fighting the man. They're fighting the election. The man that we elected, that's what they're fighting. And it's like, no, this is BS. You want to play politics, play politics and try to keep him from lowering taxes or whatever other weird things that you think are bad for the country. But to fight him himself and try to destroy him, it's it's getting I mean, stupid. going directly against the people's will. Yeah. I mean, that's... We elected him. Yeah. We won him. Leave him alone. <laughs> Let him do his thing. North Korea's acting. Yeah, I saw that. Didn't they shoot a missile or something? Well, they, it's an unidentified projectile right now. Oh. Um, they shot a missile, like, last week. And this week they shot something, we don't know what. Um, and South Korea's getting angry about it. We also, we seized a North Korean uh, merchant ship because uh, we suspected it of violating sanctions. And I think, I think we have it now. And I'm not sure what's going to happen there. But, you know, Trump's Trump's not moving on these sanctions, so... Good. We'll, we'll it's see. time to just put this to bed. Yeah, it's been going on for more than 50 years. Right. Um, so, the U.S. House of Representatives voted to overturn Donald Trump's uh, move on the Affordable Care Act. I think he did something to give states more control over pre-existing conditions so that they didn't have to follow certain federal laws... It, it, right. The idea was to give uh, more people the kind of help they need. And I don't know the specifics of it, but the House has voted to overturn that. And I guess it'll go to the Senate and die there. So it, mm-hmm. it's pretty much they're, they're not doing anything. It, it does Whatever they did, didn't do anything. We are increasing tariffs on China uh, because they yeah, did I not. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's, I think that, you know, I think for the first time he really explained it. Um, he explained it without hype, and I, yeah, I think he's doing a better job to educate people on how this stuff works. Because as in a conservative, I would right away say, no, taxes are bad. We should be against them. Uh, for some reason, I'm okay with it when Trump does it. <laughs> well, I these aren't taxes though, and that's you know, it's un- there's a lot of people who don't understand it, and that's. That's a big problem. That's why it's been so bad for so long. That's why right. our trade deficit is was in shape. I mean, we, we, we had such a trade deficit for so many years. It's about time someone is standing up and actually right. doing something. And the thing that Trump uh, did is first, he made it possible for manufacturers to come back. Then Now, he's making it possible for manufacturers to sell their goods. I mean, he's this is, well, this is win-win for America. Yeah. It is, and and I don't have a problem with trade. Don't get me wrong; trade is important. I I want to trade with China, but only when it's fair. I mean, when right. we're when we're letting them, you know, when we're when we're let when we're pumping billions of dollars into their economy, and they're only pumping in millions into ours, there's a problem there. You know, that's a, it's a deficit that we have to fix. You know, and that's you know, trade should be fair. Period, and that's yeah. all Trump is doing. Yeah. Uh, so the United States House Committee on Ways and Means 
subpoenaed. Uh, they're trying to get Trump's, Trump's tax returns for the past six years. I don't know why. Uh, yeah. You know, I, you know the. I don't either. That's did you stupid. see the New York Times story about um, him taking a one billion dollar loss, trying to point yeah. out that he's not that good of a businessman because they found some tax return stuff from the eighties, I think, where he took a one billion dollar loss. So they're trying yeah. to say he's not that rich. But this is recycled news. <laughs> they care. They said that. So, yeah. They said that back during the campaign. I remember in 2016. I remember hearing that. I think they just no. I I do. I think They're they acting like this is new I news. Mean, they literally recycle it, right? Yeah. No, that, that's what they do. And the morons who watch that news are they just eat they're it getting up. excited and again? Like, oh wow, I didn't know yeah, that. They'll tweet it out. Look, I knew Trump was a loser. I knew Trump was a bad businessman. I knew Trump was a racist. You know, it's just the same thing over and over again. It's silly. You know, the funny thing is, I heard on. On like one of the premieres of his show, what's that show he had where he said you're fired? The Apprentice. I think it's called You're Fired. No, it's called The Apprentice. I think you're fired. Um, he 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 announced that he had lost one billion dollars and had to make a comeback. Yeah. I mean, he admitted yeah. that. I don't know why anyone's even talking. I, I mean, about I don't it. remember, but yeah, I'm not surprised. I had this is some lazy I mean, journalism. So I mean, it's when you're focused on one subject, that's all you can do is restart recycling. Yeah. So we got some jihadi gunmen burning down Catholic churches during a mass and killed six people, including the priest. And uh, Dablo, Burkina Faso, somewhere in Africa. I don't know. We got, we got, you know what? This is one of a bunch of other stories. There's stories all over these uh, Muslims stepping up the attacks on the Catholic church. Um, yeah, it's sure. just a, and, and not many people are reporting them either, unfortunately. Yeah, it's sad. You, you you almost have to dig to find these stories, but it's happening a lot. Yeah, and it's it's getting worse. You, and you wish these journalists would spend time doing that. Yeah, instead of trying to find Trump's tax returns like anyone gives a darn. Right. All right, that's all I got. Right. I've got a couple things here. It's funny you were talking about California and and uh, yeah. lumber because uh, this this one story is couple ordered to pay nearly six hundred thousand after uprooting a hundred and eighty year old oak tree. <laughs> An oak tree. <laughs> this couple this couple moved uh, you know from from the property they moved they moved to a new house and they liked this tree so much they decided to try to move it well it it ended up dying they failed they they uprooted it they went down you know i guess they moved something like 300 or uh, 3000 cubic yards of dirt with it but the thing still died so uh evidently this tree is is named some sort of historical i don't know con- conservation some kind of uh, protection item. Yeah, yeah, it's under, it's protected, and they were fined $586,000 for killing that tree. That is insane. That's just nuts. They would... That's crazy. Like, they could have killed a person and gotten less. Right. And, and you know, I mean, 180 years is old, but that's not, I mean, it, when it comes to trees, that's not that old. Don't we yeah. have, don't, aren't some of those, aren't some of those redwoods, like, like, like a thousand. thousands of years yeah. old? 
Yeah, and I, I think the oldest tree we know of is like 9,000 years old or something like that. I mean, there are much older trees out there. Right. <laughs> and it's just an oak tree. It, it's it's an oak tree, yeah. It isn't it like it's an endangered species or anything? I just think that's silly. I would, I, I would say the stupidity started in spending that much money to move a tree. But uh, then the state had to join in and uh, make a bit even bigger deal of it. The whole thing's stupid. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. What, well, where, where do people come up with these that things? That family. I, I have a lot of bushes in my yard that I want to get rid of, but I'm not going to uproot them. I'm just going to cut them down. <laughs> just going to cut them down and <laughs> burn them. Yeah. Uh, so, Indian Army believes they've found Yeti footprints in the Himalayas. Yeti, like Bigfoot footprints oh, yeah? in the Himalayas. Yeah, there's not a. They don't say a lot about it, but they were evidently. Is this uh, like? I wonder if this is like a guy who was in the army found it, or like no, it the was, official it was an government army mountaineer. Uh, no, it was a group. It was a mountaineering uh, engineering expedition, like an army mountaineering, like like a, a group. Huh. You know, you have infantry, you have you have mountain mountain infantry, basically mountaineering expedition team. They came across these prints and took pictures of them. They are supposedly thirty two inches by fifteen inch, and it's uh, almost as big as your feet. Near, I know. <laughs> I was going to say I, I haven't been up there, but <laughs> I think Jason I was walking around up there. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you ever big. gone to India. <laughs> Those are in my backyard. <laughs> That's like a baby Yeti. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, so here's the last one. Mom accuses Southwest of name shaming, laughing at daughter's unusual name. So, uh, this, name? this, uh, <laughs> uh, it was, it's, well, it's, per, it's spelled A B C D E. <laughs> A B C so write it down A B C D E They she pronounced it supposedly Absidy 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 Yeah A B C Absidy D Absidy No she's pronouncing it wrong That's what it is she is so uh they they the agent the gate agent just couldn't stop laughing and even took a picture of it on you know the boarding pass yeah and, and so the mom got all up in arms and and started all kind of, uh, she she complained to southwest and south southwest ended up you know apologizing and promising that their agents are going to go through special training and special stuff. training name uh <laughs> don't with, laugh at people's names yeah uh <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, if you name it A, B, C, D, E. That's just crazy. Well, it's like, the thing is, if you saw that, you know your friends are not going to believe it. So you take a picture of the past and it's like, no, this is the person. Right, right. This really is what happened. And then yeah, I would, I would have taken a picture of it too. And record the mother who can't pronounce the name correctly. Absidy. <laughs> no, that's not how you say that. Absidy. Stupid idiot. Absidy. Absidy. All right, that's all I got. All right, well, (laughs) think about what we said, and we'll see you next week on a podcast about Catholic things. Circle Uh, the beads. Circle the beads. What do you say? Yeah, that's it. Circle the beads. That's circle the beads. And uh, I don't know who's coming back next week. I don't know if it's you or Danny or what. I don't even know where he is. Uh, Oh, is he out this weekend? I don't know. He just said he couldn't record. I don't know where he is. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
All right, well. All right, well, we'll see. Thanks. Maybe we'll do a, th- a threesome coming up or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this did, podcast did is about? about? Yeah, we didn't talk about threesomes. That's also a mortal sin, guys. Sorry, You're not allowed to, to do that. I had to throw that out there. <laughs> I had to throw it out. All right, All right. Thanks. 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 For stopping by.